You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode 22. You know, over the past 10 years, yeah, I have found that wellness isn't something that I do. It's something that I have had the whole time. We are all born with wellness as a birthright. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw, it's real, it's unfiltered. It's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, I just wanted to remind you that this show is dedicated to simplifying your health, allowing you to live with more purpose, more joy, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. It comes in many forms, of course, always talking about nutrition, but we can't forget about the other aspects of life like purpose and passion and knowing your why. Today's show is one that I'm so excited to share with you. I'll be interviewing the very person whose story opened my eyes to podcasting, the place and time when I felt the need to begin my own journey and let you in on an amazing story of triumph, not only in life, but in health. I know you'll be inspired just as I was. Today's guest is Josh Trent. Josh Trent is the founder of wellnessforce.com and host of the number one iTunes rated new and noteworthy podcast, Wellness Force Radio. He has been awarded one of the top 50 digital health influencers of 2015. Josh is a wellness consultant, corrective exercise specialist, quantified self-enthusiast, and expert in fitness technology. He has over 10 years of high-level experience in the health and fitness industry and lives by his mission to save you time and energy and empower you with the wellness tools that will make all the difference in your life. He will help you live out your best self. Today on the show, I'll be asking Josh about his story of overcoming emotional eating and how to let go of food for good, the starting point on a journey to lasting health, and the very best advice he's ever been given. This show is going to be worth listening to as Josh is packed with knowledge that could be the stepping stone to transform your life once and for all. But before we get to the show, I want to let you know about the special sponsor we have for today's episode, Mighty Fix. Mighty Fix is a company on a mission to help change the lives of millions of people, creating habit changes that last by shipping sustainable and healthy home products to your door monthly. They make health easy by sending tried and true products that can help set you on a path for success. Some of my personal favorite fixes are wool dryer balls, beeswax paper to replace traditional cling wrap, and a very special fix they're giving you at a steep discount just for listening, mesh produce bags. You can learn more about these bags and how I've been using them over at the blog at simplerootswellness.com. Or if you'd like to experience your own fix, you can head on over to mightynest.com and use the code SIMPLEFIX in the checkout to get your set of five mesh produce bags for only $3. Again, you can learn more over at the show notes. And before we get to the show, I also want to remind you that we're aiming to get 100 honest ratings and reviews by the end of the month. We're only 14 shy of that and wanted to see if you could help out. It only takes a minute out of your day, but has the greatest impact on the show reach. Meaning by just taking one minute to leave a rating and review, you're opening the door to someone else hearing the news about realistic health, making lasting changes in their own life, helping to shape the world. 
If you'd like to leave an honest rating and review, just click on the link in the show notes or type in simplerootswellness.com review on your phone to drop a quick review. And seriously, thank you so much for helping me out and being the force that drives the show. Now I'm pumped for today's show, so let's get started. Welcome to the show, Josh. I'm so excited you're here. Alexa, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I just want to tell a little backstory about Josh. So I met Josh last year, I think it was August, maybe September, in San Diego at this mastermind event that I had. And honestly, I sat at this mastermind and I didn't really know, like nothing... I kind of go to those events and like expect to hear something or, you know, like feel something like this is what you should be doing or, you know, get this grand idea or meet someone. And the whole time I was just kind of sitting there and I'm like, man, I'm just not feeling it here. Like I just, I just don't get it. And then I think Josh's speech or talk was the second to last, one of the last ones of this entire conference. And that was like the most eye-opening presentation that I thought at the entire conference. So basically, Josh talked about podcasting, but he told a story through it. And Josh was really the first point of, I should start a podcast. I could do this too. Like, I have a story to tell. Josh's story is fascinating. Just helping change the world. So that's a quick backstory on when I met Josh. And we've been in contact, and he's definitely helped in this process. But your story is fascinating, Josh. And I just want you to kind of back up and maybe start with your childhood. I mean, I would sit here and listen to your whole story, but I really want to know, you know, like when your health journey started, when you had that aha moment with your health and what your health was like previously. Yeah. You know, I'm listening to you talk and I'm flashing back to the W Hotel where I met you. And that was just such a cool day, wasn't it? It was awesome. Yeah. I seriously, it blew me out of the water. And my husband had been telling me for like two years to start a podcast. And I had to call him that night. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I just feel like I want to start it. And there was such a part of me that was like, no, 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 no. you can't do this. You know, like the self-doubt, of course, always creeps in. But yeah, definitely you inspired me there. It was amazing. Hmm. And now it's Simple Roots Radio. So I'm stoked to be on here because I think it's a testament to what happens when we really speak our truth. I mean, that was the title of my talk. Um, at the mastermind event. And it was speaking truth. And I think every person, no matter if you're a busy mom or a busy professional or just somebody who's starting the journey, this is your opportunity to speak and live your truth. And so my, my truth has been a very up and down type journey and type ride. And it started when I was a child. You know, when I was a kid, I grew up on welfare. So for the audience that doesn't know really welfare in the 1980s, this is like boxes of kick cereal and blocks of government cheese. I mean, there's no there's right. no real vegetables and healthy foods at that time. So, you know. I didn't have a lot of money when I was a kid and my dad was not around. He was dealing with some cognitive dissonance and some things in his life that he didn't receive from his father. And so as a kid, I just had a lot of pressure and I needed a way to alleviate this pressure, to kind of cope with this pressure. My mom is uh, manic bipolar. So when I was a kid, home was not really a comfortable place. So to kind of no surprise, you know, I needed a way to numb this pain that I was feeling and I found food. Food was my perfect drug of choice where I could, you know, be stressed out. I could eat a burrito. If I was sad, I could eat chocolate. And I think a lot of people, when they're children, 
find food. It's the most overused drug. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone is doing it, but no one's talking about it. And that's why I love what we're doing today with Simple Roots and talking about food and how this connects to our wellness. Because, man, when I was a kid, like Alexa, I was not well. And so I needed this food to kind of cope. And so to no surprise, you know, flash forward through my childhood and adolescence, I'm 21. I'm 280 pounds. I'm in this relationship that I hate. And I'm in this job that I hate. And I'm disgusted with my body. So I'll never forget this. I mean, I was at a party and I was drinking again, which is something that I found at mm-hmm. 2021. A lot of people kind of drink and party in this phase. And so I'm just I'm feeling I had tried to lose weight for about six months before then. But I just I was drinking this beer in a red cup. I slammed the cup down and I just had this voice like this spark inside me. And it said, like, there is more to life than this, mm. than drinking and covering up my pain with food. So I, I threw the cup down. And I seriously started running. (laughs) I just like ran home three miles drunk. I pulled out my old HP computer at that time. And I just started researching, like, how do I change my body for good? How do I be healthy for my life? And that was this 18-month journey of kind of figuring out, like, you know, do I lose weight through low carb? Should I do Atkins? Should I do high carbohydrate? Should I do low fat? You know, a lot of what people do in their beginning is just read the things on the Internet. And see kind of like putting on the sweater and see if it itches. Well, that's what I did. And by the end of that 18-month period, I just wasn't any better. I had lost and gained over 90 pounds. And at this point, Alex, I was just so bummed out with how I felt in my body and my mom's disease and just my life at that time. I literally saved up $10,000 and I moved to Hawaii. I quit my job. I sold everything I owned. And I just went out there and I said, this is my time. I'm going to take six months and I am going to learn what it's like to come from a place of real wellness. And that's what I did. I was working out at a gym and a fitness manager came out to me and said, hey, you should think about being a trainer. I've seen you working out. And I was like, what's a trainer? Right. <laughs> I didn't even know what a trainer was. That's how I found my career. And that's what kind of led me through some other pieces in my journey to be a digital health coach. But it really essentially started, Alexa, from a pain point, like a really deep pain point that I wasn't willing to ignore anymore. Right. Okay. So you said something interesting and I was talking to another client about this and it was about emotional eating. So obviously in your childhood, you did a lot of what seemed like emotional eating. Would you say that that's what you did? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So Mm -hmm. how did you transition into now being in Hawaii, being a part of a gym and really overcoming that aspect of using food almost as a drug? Yeah, this is a great question. I mean, to be completely vulnerable and honest here on the show, the monkey never really goes off your back. Mm-hmm. We just begin to, we get we become more aware of it. And so I'm just aware that there is some pre-programming in there and I just watch it blow by my thought process like a leaf in the wind. And I'm just aware of it. I I don't go into it and say, why am I feeling this way? Why am I thinking this way? I just notice it. Mm -hmm. And the way that I transitioned out of that was by using fitness as a catalyzing power. I mean, without fitness, I would eat and I would basically have a charge in my body. I mean, if we really want to get down to the base of this question, most people feel a charge, an electric charge in their body, in their chest, in their stomach. And that charge is stress. And so how do we release stress in life? You know, we do it in two ways. One is you stress, which is positive stress, exercise, um, maybe meditation, deep breathing, things like this. And the other one is distress, you know, and, and that can be alleviated by some pretty negative things, alcohol, drugs, overeating, things like this. So really what I've done in the process of moving to Hawaii and coaching and training 10,000 people in you know 2002 till now 
is really understanding how do we release this charge that we feel? Mm. Because the energy is really what we're all looking to get rid of, the negative energy, and we're really looking to replace that with positive energy. And so it's a not it's not a simple answer. There's a lot of different pieces that go into how do we get rid of this charge? Because the charge is what drives people to overeat. The charge right. is what drives people to be angry and, and hurt other people around them. Or we can recognize the charge and do some healthy activities to get rid of that. Here's a, my, a few of my favorite to get rid of this, this charge. One of them is creating an environment of people that I really can talk to, okay, mm -hmm. close friends. Uh, I'm in a men's group that's really powerful. Women can do this. There's a lot of women's circles, sistership circles for women. We need to create an environment where we can release the charge in a healthy way. And it all starts with vocalizing that, being vulnerable, talking about your truth. Like, what are you actually feeling today that's making you so upset that you go and you do some kind of emotional eating with ice cream or whatever it is. The second is exercise. That's what really helped me transform when I was in Hawaii. And then the third is a, a little more spiritual connection, you know, thinking about what's bigger than just me. How do I get out of my own head and how do I be of service to other people? What's my mission to this planet that's bigger than my woes and my struggles? And I think, I think that's what I've done every day, Alexa. You know, there's no easy answer for this to constantly work on releasing negative charges. Right. But that's when it goes back to it's more of a journey. You know, I feel like we live in this quick fix nation and there really isn't a quick fix for anything, but it's becoming self-aware. So do you believe that self-awareness is something that's learned over time or what are the steps that you took to really become self-aware? Mm. This is a great question, too. I love this one. I'm smiling. I'm thinking about <laughs> what self-awareness really is. And self-awareness is, it's going to seem a little bit redundant, but self-awareness is just understanding that we're already aware. I mean, it's just right. really being where we are, cultivating the intuitive edge to be in a moment and just be aware of what's happening in that moment. Here's a great example. You're having a conversation with a friend and it's noon and you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, I have to pick up the kids from soccer practice in four hours. I have to get dinner on the table. What am I going to do with the market? Today's not, I mean, you, you could go into 10,000 thoughts, but the act of doing that starts to create a stressful charge. It starts to create this negative charge. And so awareness and cultivating self-awareness is catching yourself having the thoughts, taking a couple deep breaths, maybe doing some box breathing or just some, some diaphragmatic breathing and understanding these thoughts are normal. I'm not wrong for having these thoughts, but I'm literally going to watch these thoughts blow by like a leaf. Mm. And I'm not going to judge myself for having the thoughts. I'm just going to have them. And I'm going to kind of smile and chuckle at them because then they lose their power. Mm -hmm. How we cultivate more self-awareness is by understanding that thoughts are temporary, just like everything in life. I mean, newsflash, <laughs> we're all going to die. So right. we may as well make the most of it while we're here. Now, I understand this because I have bad weeks. So I get stuck sometimes in these patterns of, oh, my gosh, something isn't going to work out. I'm going to worry about this. And it takes me recognizing through my own pain, like, hey, I've been kind of stressing out for half the day here. I'm going to reach out to a friend that I trust in my men's group or in my circle of trust. And I'm just going to have a quick five minute conversation, release this negative charge. And in that moment, you know what I'm doing? I'm becoming more self-aware because if we're self-aware, we know that everything is going to be okay. And that all these negative feelings that we feel are temporary. And I think that's how to really cultivate self-awareness. Right. I agree. It's something that I've definitely learned. And I don't even know what triggered it, but over the last year was been one of my 
worst years, yet one of my best years. You know, it's kind of like this mix of emotions of just transitioning. And through that time, I really developed that self-awareness, although I feel like I come to the table a little bit late. Uh, I realize after the actions are done that I should have stepped back and, you know, but through that learning. But yeah, I feel like self-awareness is such a critical part of health and yet one that so easily could be suppressed and pushed off onto other things, which brings me to another thing that I found. Um, it's something that I love from your website. It says on Josh's website, wellnessforce.com, over the past 10 years of learning, I found that wellness isn't something that I do. It's something that I am. It's a force inside of me and in all of us that was put there to push us closer to the people and the things that we love. Josh, I just love that perspective. And yet so often we see people fall into health as just something they do. You know, life, mm-hmm. like you said, just kind of passes people by. So how do we get people to embrace who they are right now and accept that health is a part of that? Well, we can brainwash them. <laughs> <laughs> or or what we can do is we can go back to this really unique construct of being open and being vulnerable. If we talk about speaking our truth and we really understand as a collective, as a society, what does that mean to tell the truth? Well, telling the truth isn't easy. It's Mm -hmm. easy to talk about the weather and sports and all these things that don't matter. But they're just these tangential conversations with no depth. And what really hits people in the chest, what really opens people up to their own wellness is when someone that they trust and care about is vulnerable. And so, you know, over the past 10 years, yeah, I have found that wellness isn't something that I do. It's something that I have had the whole time. We are all born with wellness as a birthright. You know, some of us may be born with certain things, certain challenges, but beyond those, the majority of us are born pretty healthy and pretty well. It's not that we don't have something, that we have a lack of wellness. It's that it's there the whole time. And life happens and our windows get kind of cloudy and and sooty and dirty and we just forget that it's in there. You know, it's it's this crazy bright diamond that's shining in our chest and we just forget. So I feel like cultivating this self-awareness piece and really essentially, Alexa, becoming more mindful. Mm. Mindfulness and self-awareness are two huge topics that I talk about with guests on the show, that I talk about with clients every week. And it's how are we showing up in our lives? If we're going to tap into the wellness force that's in our chest, that that's something that we're born with, then how do we just constantly be reminded of how great we are? Well, we have to create an environment that reminds us of that. We have to have a support system of men and women that we trust and care about. And then we have to finally have a deep purpose, a why. You know, what's going to make us execute when it's challenging? What's going to make us get up and love our body and feed it healthy food and go for that workout when we're stressed out, when we're having the, the negative self-talk? We are not wired to live and do this journey alone. We are wired for tribe. If you look at every great influencer, they didn't do a movement based on them. They did a movement that was based on bringing the collective together. And I think if we can understand as a collective that we're all well, we're all in the wellness force together, then we can have better conversations and better dialogue like you and I are having. There's no real easy answer for this. It's a continuum. It's Mm -hmm. our environment, our people, and our tribes and really with the pole position of that why. I really like that answer. And I like the vulnerability aspect of it too. And I've been doing some research into shame and just what that does to us. And I even feel like, you know, shame is, it it makes everything seem like a chore, you know? And I, I look at your past and I think, wow, like 
you could have hid that from everyone, right? Like that's what be considered a shameful past almost in a way, but you've created it into the story to help other people and you're really moving people forward with that. And so, you know, to take it back to your story, you know, eventually you end up back in San Diego. You move from Hawaii back to San Diego. Why did you transition back to San Diego and what did you learn in that transition? Yeah, I think this is cool because one of the authors I really respect is his name is Joseph Campbell. And there was a movie actually that I would love to link for your audience. It's called Finding Joe. And Mm -hmm. it's about these cycles of the hero's journey. And on the hero's journey, there is moments of complete and utter despair. And some of them could, I guess, be associated with shame. But you know what's interesting about shame and and what kind of led me back to San Diego? It was that I knew that my life was here. I knew that my community was here. I knew that my environment, what I wanted to do and create with Wellness Force was here. I just didn't exactly know how to do that. Mm. (laughs) And so the universe doesn't always give us the blueprint and say, well, this is exactly how you're going to complete your mission or this is exactly how you're going to find your purpose or your wellness. But there is little clues. And if we're open to this, and what I was open to at that time was I thought in my chest and I felt in my body, hey, I really love helping other people. What can I do? How can I grow my services and my skill set in the community that I already feel connected to, the community that I left because I wasn't showing up powerfully, quite frankly. I was unhealthy. I was depressed. I was not feeling well in myself. And so I wanted to return to where I lived and just really shine for other people you know, be this light for other people because I know what it's like to just have a lot of dark. I mean, in life, I felt a lot of dark things. And so if I can be a light that shines on other people, it empowers me to open up my darkness and shine light on that, which helps me grow as a person and helps me stay out of shame spirals. But it also empowers other people. The the one thing I think everybody's trying to do is everybody's trying to be an influencer right now. Mm -hmm. Everyone's trying to pretend like they have it all figured out. I'm going to raise my hand right now and say, I don't have (laughs) anything figured out when we look at this whole life cycle, but I'm further along the journey than a lot of people. And as long as we, as people that are in health and wellness can do that, I mean, that's what's, that's what matters most. You're Mm -hmm. not going to be able to help everyone. You're not going to attract all the certain people that you want to attract, you're going to attract the people that are most like you as a coach. And so that's what led me back to San Diego was just wanting to reconnect with the people that I wasn't being powerful for, the people that I wasn't helping, that I wasn't supporting. And it just felt really good to be able to start working in gyms here Mm -hmm. and be this force for other people. And then that led me down the road towards some other fun things in digital health. But um, it was really just this return to where I had grown up and the people that I had cared about so that I could be a little bit brighter light for them. Right. That's awesome. Such an amazing story. So eventually in San Diego, you start getting into the digital field. And I want to talk about this for a minute and using wellness tools to really help people experience their wellness force. So when did you figure out your passion for utilizing and teaching about wellness tools? I think it's fascinating that you dove into this aspect of health. It's not something that you see often. Um, And so I kind of wanted to know where that passion stemmed from. Yeah, I'll tell you, it was really random. And I think it was brought to me because I was a trainer for 10 plus years. So I was shoulder to shoulder with clients for, you know, 10,000 hours and helping hundreds of people lose weight. And then at one day, I just felt, God, I can't 
I can't do this anymore. Like, am I really a great coach for this? And is this something that I should be doing in my life? I wasn't dealing with a lot of these pieces from the childhood. And on this journey, I did a ton of personal development work. At the end of this personal development work, I did some experiential trainings over the course of a couple of years. I went to a movie screening and this movie screening was called Personal Goals. And it was how these two Olympic athletes used all this digital health technology and quantified self and wellness tech to inspire a silver medal for the 2012 USA mm. women's cycling team. And this movie was so, so cool. I mean, definitely if your audience wants to do, we'll link that in the notes. But it was like, oh, my gosh, I had this moment. I was driving home. If these devices can help the wellness of Olympic athletes and help the performance of Olympic athletes excel. What can all this wellness technology do for the average person who's looking to let go of some old weight or get more energy? And I just had this moment where I was driving with an ex-girlfriend at the time. I said, pull over. And so we pulled over on the side of the road and I'm having her film me on my phone. And I just, something came out of me where I was just like, listen, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take these devices and I'm going to create a coaching program with them. And I'm going to finally see what people are doing, how people are showing up in the 160 plus hours that they're not in the gym with me. Right. And I think that was a big turning point because one thing that used to frustrate me is people would come in and spend great money and get a couple hours of workouts. But transformation doesn't happen in two hours a week. Real transformation happens on a continuous basis of being self-aware and being mindful. And that's what these wellness technology and digital health devices can do. I think that's why I'm so excited about the power of like how we're seeing this growth in digital health. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited about what the future holds for coaching and how coaches can empower their clients more. Right. So someone who's just a beginner in the whole fitness and health world, you know, just really wanting to take back their health. What do you first recommend with fitness technology? Like where does it begin with someone? Well, to be honest, it begins with a pretty lengthy intake process where we understand someone's three W's. And it's the same thing in business as it is in health, as it is in personal relationships. Who are you? What do you do? And why do you do it? Mm. If you can articulate that in a clear sentence, no matter who you are, then that's pretty concrete as to how you're going to approach other things in life. Because you'll know as a client, you know, client working with me, we're going to get to the bottom of who they are and kind of what they want to be healthy for first. Mm -hmm. before I ever pick a device for them. You know, the, the technology is great, but it's the intention behind the tool that's more important. Mm -hmm. I think just up front, a lot of things that people are interested in is which wearable should I get? And I think before we even talk about what wearable you should wear, it's well, what do you want to be healthy for? Who do you want to be healthy for? Are you an athlete? Are you a weekend warrior? Are you just a busy mom? You know, there's different wearables for everyone. But, you know, I found that across the board, just a simple Fitbit device. There's the Fitbit Blaze if you want notifications. That's really good sleep tracking on that one. It has heart rate as well. There's the Fitbit Flex or the Fitbit Aria. The reason I like these Fitbit products is because they were the original tracker on the scene. You know, they came out, I believe, in 2007, right, right. 2009. And they've been around for a long time. I and mean, they've had a long history of refining their products over and over again. If you look at the rest of the wearables in the market, they've had a lot of drop-off with their accuracy. And, you know, Fitbit's had its, its trials as well. But I, I think as we stand right here in 2016, if someone's interested in getting a, an initial device that can help them be more mindful in the way that they sleep, in the way that they have their activity, their time sedentary and active, and some other parameters too. It's really unique to just have a little watch on your wrist that reminds you of how you can be more powerful in your mm -hmm. life.
Right. And I love that you just, you know, I, I feel like so many people buy these Fitbits on their own, but they've never established their what and their why. And I think that's so awesome that that's kind of the criteria for doing it. And that's why there's not one product. There's not one piece of fitness technology. There's not one diet that works for everyone on the market. And it's because we missed the foundational aspect of it. And that's something that you work with on people. So just going back to that aspect, how do you really get people to define their why? Like really get to the heart? Because I often hear people, and, and I could even do this for myself, you know, it's kind of like the surface mm. level why, or I'm doing it for someone else or, you know, but really how do you get them to clearly articulate a why that makes them want it bad? Okay, if you're willing, we can do this on the air. It's totally up to you. Okay, but I go five it. levels deep with people. Okay. Let's do it. I mean, it, it starts with five questions. And by the end of the fifth question, you're going to understand why you do what you do in full clarity. Okay. So I'll just ask you one. Okay. Um, so why do you want to have a podcast? I want to have a podcast to help show real life um, changes and, you know, just vulnerability of I'm a real human being. I'm working on this too. It's a journey. And I want to do this together and have a community of people who really want to run after health. Why is it so important for that space to exist where people can relate to each other like you're explaining? Um, I feel like so often in life, we feel like we're alone in our struggles and our shame. You know, like, um, you know, even I had some harsh words spoken to me not long ago, and I felt kind of alone. Like, are people, other people experiencing this? So just to be open and honest and, and showcase, hey, like, we're all here, we're all struggling, um, but we're all working together to be vulnerable and, and push forward through that. Why is it important to give people an ease to the pain that they feel? Like, why is that so important to you to kind of give people that connectivity and that ease of pain? Um, I feel like we could harbor pain and we could just almost live in it. You know, I feel like when you experience pain or hardships, we're almost like depression, like thoughts and just negativity in life. It's hard to escape that. Like it's hard to realize all the positive around you. And so I feel like easing the burden of that and helping to showcase that other people are doing it and that there is a way out, that there's light at the end of the tunnel just helps people to keep moving and really seek something better. Why do you feel like, isn't this fun? Yeah. Why do you feel like, why do you feel like that easing this piece and giving people that lighter feeling is something that you specifically, you know, what about you makes you want to ease that suffering for them? Uh, I, I feel like I grew up in a household that, um, you know, like it was a mixed emotions, like very ups and very down, like very highs and very lows. And I just feel like it's a choice in some aspects and that, you know, it's hard to understand that it's a choice. Like, Sometimes I felt like in my life that life was just handed to me or, you know, I just got whatever was given to me. Like, this is the life that I had. And so I better accept it and just take it. And I didn't realize that there was choices and that I could choose to do something different. I could choose to stand up. I could choose, you know, really to take health in my own hands, to take my life or to choose even happiness. Um, and so personally, easing that burden of like, hey, there's options no matter what was dealt to you. Did I even answer that question? <laughs> yeah, you did. Okay. okay. This is the last one then. 
So because of you, this is where it all gets deep. This is where it all gets clear. So because of your unique story where you had some trials and some tribulations where you feel like you didn't have choices when you were a kid and you have this platform now where you're going to give people more choices, more information. If you could put that into a sentence and say, you know, why you do what you do based on what we've said, mm -hmm. your unique story and helping people, what would that sentence sound like? Um, I think it would be not allowing or being cautious of what we allow other things or people to define us and instead defining ourselves. Oh, did that make sense? And this is this is this is really beautiful because the name of your show, right? Simple Roots Wellness. Right. It's funny that you said roots in the title because roots is connected to why you're doing what you're doing anyways. Like right. your simple roots about who you are and the things that you didn't get to choose when you were growing up. This is what you're doing for other people. So it's pretty clear to me, like your your five levels deep why is to get people back in touch with their roots. Mm. And I think that's why this exercise is so powerful, because if we go five levels deep, you're really going to find the root of why people do what they do. Right. Right. Oh, I love it. That's fine. It's kind of hard, yeah, though. I mean, like deep. it kind That's of brings up it. some vulnerability, though. Like, uh, you know, there's <laughs> yeah. a little there's a lot of emotion attached to that. So that's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So most of the time when you get the initial why, that's just kind of the surface level, like the initial thing. And so when you do this, you just push people. You just keep asking and asking and asking until they get to that fifth level. Is that essentially yeah. just what you did to uh, me? Yeah. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Because look, until we figure out what the fuel is, you know, why people are actually moving in a certain direction, um, we're never going to get anywhere unless we know where we're going. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to figure that out, we have to have a map. And, and this emotional map that you and I just did, this quick one, I mean, obviously, like when I work with people, it takes a little bit more time. Right. <laughs> we could right. probably even polish up yours, but it made a lot of sense when we look at the name of your podcast right. and, the, and the women that you're serving. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's important to just pause and, and check in. And before we start doing things and what and what and what, we get to focus on why first. Mm -hmm. Then it makes the what a lot more easy because whenever we have a question about what to do next, we can always go back to our initial why. And that can be kind of like a governor or a compass for us on the process. Right. It kind of it makes it easier to see your path of I mean, I feel like I've kind of done this, you know, over the course of the last six months. So, you know, maybe going through that was a lot faster than most people do it. But I feel like understanding your core why helps you to say no to things that don't align with where you want to go and helps you say yes to the things that you really want to run hard after. And so do you agree that that alone can be helpful in people with, you know, health issues or people who want to take back their health of, you know, no, I really don't want to eat that because it doesn't align with the path that I want to. So knowing your why is mm. critical in that aspect of really moving forward. So just, that wasn't a question. <laughs> so the question is, how can you get someone to understand that their why is not deep enough? If I want to, if I want to get deeper, I, I'd want to ask the right questions and extract information so I can help them and guide them because it's a very sensitive thing. Like, look what came up for you in our exercise right. going five layers deep. You started to feel all these things from childhood and that's okay. Like they're all in there regardless if we want to look at them or not. But 
what's really important to focus on with clients before they ever use a technology piece is really getting down to what do they love and what brings them pain. So what brings somebody pain? Here's an example. A client that I work with um, mentioned that his father passed when he was 50. And part of his motivation is that he does not want to pass when he's 50. And he's almost 40 now. And so that was a deep wound for him. You know, his his love for his father and, and the energy that that, that that is a scary energy for him. So having that as a driver that we got to took a few sessions. I mean, and there's certain questions we can ask. And I mean, this is the art of coaching. Every client is unique, Mm -hmm. but just really being empathetic and being a lasting support source for these people is a big deal. There are certain open-ended questions that we can ask, you know, um, tell me more about that. How does that make you feel? And we're not therapists, but look, there's a direct correlation between emotional fitness and physical fitness. Right. And we get to pay attention to them both. Right. Oh, that's so fun. So obviously, I'm very passionate about health. But to me, it's more than just what we eat and how much we exercise, kind of like what we've been talking here. But the fact is, if we're not in a good place with ourselves, we're probably never going to be satisfied. So in all of this, like in all your whole life experience, what has brought you the most satisfaction? I think what's brought me the most satisfaction is learning more about myself as I coach every single client as an, and as I learn more about what wellness force really is. You know, when I started, I probably started from this place of just wanting to make something happen because I was so excited about sharing the message. Well, meanwhile, I wasn't really clear on the message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I wasn't I wasn't really clear on on who I wanted to serve and why I wanted to serve them. And so, you know, getting clear as I go along this is what excites me. You know, the more clarity that I have every single day around what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Um, I know that in my heart, this technology can really help people, but what am I really trying to get at? I'm I'm trying to give people some force and some energy that they already have. It's already in there anyways. I'm just reminding them that it's there. So that's, what's really exciting to me is seeing these kinds of tools that are coming out, you know, from meditation to mindfulness, to fitness, to wellness, all of these different kinds of tools that we can have as coaches that are essentially allowing people to monitor themselves and to be more mindful throughout these busy, hectic days we all have. Right. So what is your one sentence, five layers deep? Why? Hmm. My vision is to empower a million lives to better wellness through technology. And the reason I want to do that is because when I was a kid, I did not receive technology. I did not receive education. I know what that feels like, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that muscle memory, that emotional memory is still there for me. And I know that if I can help moms and if I can connect with families, you know, and get these children to be healthy before uh, the damage is done per se, then I'm easing the suffering in the world on a big scale. Mm-hmm. And so if I can remind people through any device, by the way, it doesn't have to be digital health through any device, that they are a force of wellness in their life, then that's my mission. I mean, that's my job. Wow. This is so awesome. I love this so, so much. So just going back, though, because I could talk about the why and passion this whole entire podcast, but going back to the table, because I know that there are people who are listening and they want to know about weight and you know, really how to mm-hmm. achieve health. So coming to the table as an expert who's lived a path of taking control of your health amongst so many factors against you, what advice do you have for those who feel like there isn't any hope, that they've lost and regained the weight too many times, or it's just genetics stacked against them? Like, What hope do you have for them? I think when we look at mindset and belief, this, this kind of goes back in, into our why. You know, we, we have these thoughts 
the, we have these feelings and then we have these actions and they're all connected. So if we believe that we'll be just like our parents and that epigenetics doesn't exist and if our mom's overweight, then so will we, you know, that's then probably that's going to happen. I mean, a famous quote is from Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And, and that's very true when we look at health. Look, my genetics, my father, my mother, most of the people in my family have all been obese. They've all been overweight. And so I think it's really just what do we want to create? We understand that there's cards that can be stacked against us. Listen, if you're a kid that grows up in Compton and you're having low education points and you're around gangs, you have a huge struggle for wellness right. and for contribution than someone who grew up in the Hamptons and gets, you know, foie gras every third Thursday. So like we, we get to understand that certain people get dealt different, certain cards and that's okay because that's their lesson to learn. But when we look at wellness and when we look at people that have had cycles of defeat, the reason that these cycles continue to happen isn't because you're doomed or you have some kind of curse put on you. It's because that is what you believe if you believe that your life is destined to be unhealthy, well, that's going to keep showing up for you. But if you want to create a new belief, if you want to have some new thoughts, then you're going to have to start listening to a whole new conversation, you know, and this brand new story that you can write for yourself. And it involves hard work. It involves you asking yourself those honest questions like you and I went over, you know, who am I? What do I do? And why do I do it? Why is why do I want to be better? If your why is not strong enough, there is no way you're going to be able to push through the workouts and, and the healthy eating and the kind of curriculum that it takes to learn in order to become this, this power in your life, this force of wellness. So it's not necessarily what should I do? It's really getting clear on why am I doing it and starting to write this new story from that place. If you don't have the clear why, it's pretty easy to just live out the story of your mom, live out the story of your right. dad, live out the story of the, of the community that you're in. You know, you have friends that drink and eat pizza. Well, that's your life. That's what you're going to do. So if you, if you want something new, then it's it's your personal responsibility to create that. It's not easy. It's not something that's glamorized in fitness. You know, a lot of things are quick fixes and pills and powders and personal responsibility isn't always sexy, but that's the thing that's really going to move. Right, right. So in your own life, what has been the most vital change you've made to create lasting health? Hmm. I had to breathe on that one just that there's, there's been a few. And I, and I think if I had to pick one, which I don't want to pick one, but if I have to pick one, <laughs> then then I'm going to say it's my environment and my community. Mm. It's the people that I surround myself with, the environment that I create consciously. I'm consciously creating my environment, my stand, everything from my standing desk to my protein powder in the kitchen. I mean, like everything that's around me, I want to nudge me and push me towards this direction of better wellness and really, really important, the people that are around me too. You know, if the people that are around me are on a similar journey as me and they want to be the best version of themselves, they want to be a force of wellness in their lives. These are the people that I'm going to resonate with. I mean, all the all the boats rise with the tide. Right. So wherever you are, wherever you are, I mean, check in with yourself. Like, are these the kind of people that are helping me get to where I want to be or not from a from a wellness standpoint or just from a life standpoint? So right. that's what's helped me the most. Right. And I think you hit, I mean, two of the most vital components. I mean, we can't disregard relationships, something that it's even hard in the world of social media. We are friends with everyone, but we're really not friends with anyone. 
And, you know, it's easy. <laughs> I love to, that. That's so true. It's yeah. easy to think that we have 500 friends, but really we're not in mm-hmm. close connection anymore with anyone and such a vital component and something that so many of us are missing. And yet the second one is the environment, which is probably the most proven way to change a behavior is change someone's environment. And so... I mean, yeah. that's awesome that you said that. So you've been podcasting and interviewing and researching health for many years. And in all of the research you've done, what has been the best advice you've heard about lasting health? The best advice I've heard about lasting health is that, and this is actually from, I think, a lot of different people. I'm going to name a few names. Reed Davis was kind of an original mentor from Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, um, but then also Jade Tita has been somebody that's influenced me. And if you look at what the top people in fitness and wellness are communicating about the human body, it is truly that we're all unique. You know, we have a unique thumbprint. Right. No one in the world has a thumbprint like Alexa. Mm-hmm. No one has a handprint like Josh. Like this is our signature. Well, guess what? That same thumbprint exists on the inside. What diet works for your friend or the guy down the street will not work for you because you have unique needs that unless they're fulfilled, there'll be dysbiosis and dysregulation and all these separate things. So the one piece is recognizing that we are individuals. We all have unique stress loads. We all have unique responsibilities and we're all biochemically unique. So understanding who we are, it's funny, we're going back to this, this why piece, right. you know, understanding who you are, why you, what you do and why you do it. Well, let's understand, you know, biochemically and physiologically and psychologically who we are. You know, like what brings us joy? What makes us happy? What kind of people elevate our our vibration and make our bodies and our hearts and our chest feel good? That's a big piece for me. You know, if I could say there's one thing, it's like, who do I hang out with and what do I feed myself physically and mentally that makes me feel like I'm vibrating at a higher level? That's that's the compass for me. Yeah, so perfect. So just a couple more questions before we wrap it up. Two questions I like to ask many of my guests, and these are things that I'm working through in my head. So I've been pondering this question, and I've asked a few other guests, but do you believe that confidence comes before change or confidence comes after change? Now, did you ask this question specifically for me because I have the perfect answer for this? Or is this something Uh, you ask a lot of guests? (laughs) You know, it's something that I've been pondering, and— okay. Um, so I really just want to know what people think about yeah. this. So yeah, I really want to I know love this question. Yeah, this is, this is such a, a beautiful question, and honestly, uh, this is a beautiful question, especially for people that have had struggles in the past. Because what happens when we have struggles in the past is that sometimes, if we're not being mindful, we'll apply the past to our present, and then that becomes our future. So, in order to become powerful and to become strong and confident. Ralph Waldo Emerson, my favorite quote, it's do the thing and you will have the power. Mm. If you do the thing, whether it's walking stairs on a Tuesday or taking the longer road home or doing something that scares you a little bit, leaning into your growth edge, if you do that thing, you will have the power. You don't have confidence. You create confidence. Confidence isn't something that you're just born with. Like, oh, I'm super confident. Like we become confident by doing the thing. Mm. So I believe that that confidence grows from action, you know, mm. because you've been there then. I mean, why are yoga teachers so confident in their movements and so grounded? Right. It's because they've done it 10,000 times. They're confident in their movement. Confidence doesn't boast. Confidence doesn't yell. Confidence doesn't act from a place of, of stress or scarcity. Confidence just is. And, and it's built by doing the thing. 
Right. That was the perfect answer. I really, really like that. So in taking that, what is one thing you think everyone should be doing for their health, their mind, or personal growth? I know there's probably many, again, but maybe one or two things that you really believe that someone who's listening can take today and create that action. Think about what you can do tomorrow or today that's going to bring you closer to other people that understand you and your journey. That isn't always comfortable because when you start to look towards people that are going to support you, it means that you allow yourself to remove some of the people from your life that don't. And that is the real challenge. It's not as if we do this journey of wellness on our own. And a lot of times, unfortunately, close friends and family can, can sabotage and they don't do it from a place of even being conscious about it. They'll just do it because your old identity is what they're used to. And so if people can do one thing, it's start looking at your community, your friends and the people that influence your behavior and start creating a construct of more healthy people that bring your vibration up. That is the number one thing that's going to make you move towards your goals. You know, it's really easy to eat food with people that love their body. And so you can love your body if that's the environment that it's being eaten in. But um, food is very intimate. And um, I think it's I think it's really powerful to have the environment where you can practice this kind of intimacy with yourself, with other people who are doing the same thing. Love it. I have loved this interview so much, Josh. You are a wealth of information. So can you tell us where we can find more about you? Yeah. I mean, if anything resonated and you're like, who is this Josh guy? I mean, just email me. Just reach out. It's josh at wellnessforce.com. I'm all over social at wellnessforce. Wellness Force Radio is the podcast. We talk a lot more deeper about some of these wellness technology devices. We have a lot of guests that come on the show around mindset. Um, But really, just Wellness Force, if you Google it, you'll find me everywhere. Yes, and it's amazing what Josh is doing. Thank you so much for your passion and for your mission and just helping to change the world by, you know, just living vulnerably and openly um, and helping people just uh, Uh, you know, experience their own force and recognize who they are. So thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Alexa, my pleasure. I just want to honor you as well for creating Simple Roots Radio, which has a really strong emotional tie to your roots. So thank you for your service and what you're doing for the wellness community. Of course. Man, that was such a power-packed episode. I feel like I have a ton to say, but yet what really needs to happen is just digging into you working to understand who you are and what you want. The five-layer deep why that Josh and I traveled through live in the show. While I powered through it pretty quickly, I want you to know that I've actually taken months to get to the point where I could get that deep, but I can promise you that on the other side, the side of knowing your why, it means freedom. Freedom and being able to say no to things that don't align with your path, to making the right choices, whether food or nightly habits or careers, and fully committing to things you really desire and want to seek. Ultimately, putting you back in control of your health rather than allowing others to shape your reality. So this week, instead of pumping out tons of action steps, I've created a downloadable PDF of questions for you to answer, to think through helping you on your own journey of fully declaring your why and owning your journey. You can find that along with all the other resources Josh and I talked about in the show in the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 022. Thanks again for tuning in to yet another episode of Simple Roots Radio. I'm beyond grateful you're here and ready to make these changes with me. 
So I'd love to hear from you and get to know more about your own journey. If you'd like to contact me, you can head on over to simplerootswellness.com and leave me a note. And if you need help getting five layers deep with your own why, I'd encourage you to check out some one-on-one coaching with Josh himself. You can learn more about the services he offers and the tribe he's created to helping you become your best self over at wellnessforce.com. Don't forget to grab your quick guide to fully understanding your why in the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 022. And don't forget to check out Mighty Fix's special offer in helping you create habit changes that last. For only $3, you can snag those five mesh produce bags. Totally worth snatching. And don't forget to tune back in next week where you'll hear a special, raw, and vulnerable interview I'll be doing with none other than my husband. See you then.